0: You are now tuned in from the Desk of Low, brought to you by from the That Feeling Podcast Network. If you have a dream, go get it. Welcome back from the Desk of Low. I have a very special guest. She's actually the first female artist to ever appear on from the Desk of Low. She's a host herself of Blue Flame Radio, and she's also a very talented gospel singer. Without further introduction, I proudly introduce Claretta Haddison Jackson. Hello. How are you doing today, miss? Happy New Year. Oh, I'm doing
1: well. Happy New Year to you. Thank
0: you. Good. I'm pretty sure it was out of the random for me to actually hit you up and wondering about an interview, miss. <laughs> not, not,
1: pretty, not really random. I'm used to getting uh, interview requests, but uh, I, it's been a minute since someone talked to me about the uh, Seriously Dangerous or uh, Defocused Music, so... Was like, oh, that's
0: cool. You know, it's good, a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> oh Well, um, I won't start off with the obvious questions, Miss, because um, I've done some research on you, Miss, and from what I understand, you've been singing since you were 12, and you also grew up in a musical household, Miss Jackson. How is that for somebody who, ne- who never experienced that before? Singing, man, listen, I've
1: been singing since... Uh... I was three, actually. And well, let me tell you, my parents say that I was singing in a car seat, and they would have to try to shut me up. Um, but I don't have a recollection of that. My first memory is uh, when I was three years old, uh, my dad, I remember having on a big white dress with all the little rhinestones all over it, with big socks that cover up your feet, you know, with all the ruffles, and um, singing my first solo, Amazing Grace at church. So from my memory, I started at three. I started writing my own songs at eight uh, and recorded my first professional song at eight. So it's been a little bit longer than that.
0: Oh, wow. So this is nothing new to you. This is something that you knew you always wanted to do since a young child.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, I'm curious, too, because you come from a um, a very Christian household. Is it Christian or Catholic, miss? Uh, Christian. Okay. Um, so you've been bapti- baptized, too. Um, do you remember your first baptism? I remember when I was six or seven when I got mine.
1: I was about eight years old, maybe. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go back because I was a little under, uh, I, I probably was about five when I actually asked to be baptized. i will never forget that. So um, I was five years old and they did a service on a Sunday night. Um, my dad did the, the sermon and uh, he was asking for people to be baptized. Anybody wanna come to know the Lord? And I walked up and said, I wanna be baptized. He said, you sure? You're too young. I said, no, nope. I know that I, I I have to be baptized uh, for, etern- for you know my eternal life. He's like, how do you know that at five? I don't
0: know. I just know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he baptized me that night. And uh, so, yeah, I baptized at five. Started recording, writing my own songs at eight. <laughs> oh, so it was kind of like the setting off for your journey at eight years old, as you would say. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm curious too, Miss Jackson. Too did um from sending from such a young age too. I'm wondering who you were listening to back then.
1: To be honest, we were not allowed to listen to secular music, um, we got in trouble. So, we would get punished and they'd take our little radios if we, or our tape recorders if, if we had someone's music other than church music. So, my dad had a lot of 8-tracks. I listened to a lot of what they call quartet music, um... And so that was people like Willie Neil Johnson and the Gospel Keynotes, Lance Allen. Um, if we wanted to get contemporary, it was Andre Crouch. Uh, oh, <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of contemporary music. The closest I got contemporary was Andre Crouch. I remember my little brother sneaking in a Michael Jackson tape. Um, and he's three years younger than me. And he's a drummer for everybody. Right now, he's on tour with Jesse McCartney. He has his own band. He's a drummer, so... We snuck in a Michael Jackson tape and we got our skin ripped. <laughs> we, were hiding, we were hiding under the blanket and we were trying to listen to the tape, and my mom said, What are you guys doing under that blanket? And we had the volume so low, we were
0: listening to Thriller. <laughs> oh, it's <that's> classic. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, we're not in trouble, but it, it was a diff- few seconds. As you got older, did you go back and actually um, experience like the thriller in its entirety too? Around let's say eighteen, nineteen, or earlier before that, Miss Jackson? I did. Uh, once I got older,
1: and they, my parents knew that I could handle um, other music because they realized that I was going to be in music, and the, um, the the only reason I got freed or they allowed me to start listening to other music. I joined Showfire in high school. So you had to learn other music. Um, I was in the, the, I guess you call it the Showfire band, and we sang oldies, we sang all the top hits, you know, we were traveling the world doing all kinds of competitions. So that gave me that around 16, 15, where I had to listen to other music in order to do my performances. And so then I started we actually did a performance, a thriller performance at a a basketball game. Uh, I think it was a homecoming game or something. I can't remember. Uh, But I remember being on the game floor and doing thriller with my costume and everything on. I was probably about 16 years old in high school.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So So traveling, um, doing music, is nothing new for you also, Ms. Jackson?
1: No, not at all. Oh, man, we started traveling very, very young. Actually, uh, you know, because my parents are, they're preachers, but they were cinders first when they were young, they sang. My mom wrote music. My dad was a guitar and a keyboard player, and one of his best friends of, of life, with Marvin Gaye, Um, he was with him the week before he passed, before he was shot, Um, he would go and do like uh, private Bible studies with him at his house and write songs with him because he couldn't go to church, Um, so he would go and sit with him, write music and teach him about the Lord, and uh, so that music itself has been engrafted in our family, and we started traveling with our parents with their preaching and singing before we all had careers. So it's just kind of a part of our DNA, who we are, our lifestyle,
0: and we really don't know anything else. Yeah, well, and everyone comes from different walks of life too, and that's why I I, I enjoy when people do interviews too, because um, for me, I've never traveled in my life. I don't. I only traveled to like an out of town town in my province too. Um, I'm, I'm curious, Miss Jackson, too, because you're a pastor with your husband and you both own a church. Would you say that your parents were a big influence on you as well? Oh man. Um, because that
1: was our influence. Yes. Um, although the crazy thing is, you know, I don't know if it would, it would make sense, but growing up, seeing the, the weight um, that pastoring put on and the responsibility put on our parents, because both my husband's parents and my parents were pastors. So um, we actually both said we didn't want to pastor because it was so hard for them. We saw their struggles. We saw them crying in secret. We saw them being frustrated, angry, you know, overwhelmed with the, 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 the Overall uh, responsibility of church and how sometimes you get disappointed by the people and you know people walk away from you. It's an organization, so you lose people, you gain people. It was a real struggle, so it actually turned us off at first. Um, but as we got older, we kind of both answered our own divine calling and say, you know what, we can't run from something that's, you know obviously a part of who we're supposed to be. So that's how we ended up pastoring, and uh, so today, you know, it's actually a passion and a love. For both of us, because our heart is just to touch people. That's the only reason we pastor is to make sure that you lead and guide people to their future, to their destiny, uh, help them understand their purpose and their path in life. Um, so, so that's the mission behind us being pastors. It's, it's not an income thing because in today's society, people don't even go to church regularly, and they definitely don't give as much as they used to <laughs> back in the eighties and nineties. You know, so. Um, it's literally all about a divine calling to uh, be that bridge or gap between people and their relationship with
0: God. I'm glad that you said that um, you don't do it for money; you do it for passion too, and that means that you truly care about people when you're doing your pastor. And too, um, when you say that you want to touch people too, was that the inspiration behind Marriage Mondays with your husband, Miss Jackson?
1: Yes, it was actually his idea. Um, uh, we were sitting at home and, you know, we were looking at some things that people were posting about uh, church and, and how many relationships. We would look every week and there was another uh, couple that we knew or another uh, pastor that we knew that was getting divorced, and, you know, or having trouble or separated and we're like, you know what, we've been married uh, successfully almost 20 years and we're young. So when people ask us how do you stay together, we get that all the time. We get calls, we get texts. People ask us for counseling, and, and my husband said, "You know, we should probably just start sharing a little bit on Facebook, just so that people can, you know, that don't live near us, that can't come to counseling or something, can just get more of an understanding of how we're successful." And that's, that's it was his idea. We just, that's why we do it on his page. <laughs>
0: Oh, wait, are you guys still doing um marriage Mondays too? We do
1: it every Monday.
0: Okay, I'll let some of my married friends let them know about that.
1: Oh,
0: awesome! Thank you. Oh no worries, Miss. Um, and I'm I'm curious too because um I always do research on my guests too before I invite them on my show too. I understand you did a pregnant and working tour when you were pregnant with your son. I
1: did and you know what? It was an encouragement from a friend of ours who um he's a promoter, a concert promoter, and I was sitting there crying in the middle <laughs> in the middle of breakfast one day and he goes why are you crying? And I'm like, because I'm in the middle of doing all these different things. I'm setting up this promotional tour. I'm doing all this, and I just found out I'm pregnant. And he's like, Why are you crying about it? I'm like, because. How can I do all these things, pregnant? I've I've sang pregnant before, and it's really hard. And you know, I don't have energy, and I'm too tired. You know, and a lot of times people don't let you in different opportunities because you're pregnant. You know. And he goes, No. He said, This is a new day. I mean. This is the age where social media, everything, you just—you create your own story. He was like, just do a pregnant and working tour and just tour because you're pregnant and make a, a big deal about being pregnant. I was like, oh.
0: was <laughs> like, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> I stopped,
1: yeah, I stopped trying and I was like, oh, well, we're going to be pregnant and working. We're going to do a web series and <laughs> we're going to record all the dates and uh, put it together in some episodes and that's how that happened.
0: Oh wow, too, because I never knew it came together like that too. Mind you, too. Um, I I listened to a few of your gospel songs too. Zion Praise. When I found that song, it made me want to dance. I don't know why. I don't I don't really like <laughs> dancing. Um, but when I heard that song, it made me want to dance. And I'm I'm curious, Miss. Um, Zion Praise is a is a is a an incredible song. And when I hear like that, I'm I'm curious. Did you did you intentionally make that song for people to want to dance to? Actually,
1: yes. Um, sitting at I told the story behind everything. So sitting at my brother's house, my brother and teacher's house, and um, he was like, "You don't get to do a reggae song." I'm like, "No, I'm like, I don't even do reggae." He was like, "Listen, I hear this melody, and I can just imagine myself." dancing at your concert and we jumped around he started playing the melody on his piano in his living room He was like i can see you singing this and i can see people just jumping and running and dancing to this song he's like let's do it let's do it let's do it and so we sang there we sat there we wrote it together and uh maybe like two weeks later we recorded it and he did the same exact thing you'll see on um I'm pregnant and working, one of the episodes we're recording it, and uh, he's just leaping around in the studio, and then he throws his hat in the air. He's like, this is crazy! <laughs> so, it, it kind of it was intentional, yeah.
0: Yeah, because um, I was, that. would you consider that song a reggae gospel record, Ms. Jackson?
1: I do, I do. And, and it's actually now starting to pick up, um, since I started uh, co-hosting the Caribbean African-American Gospel Countdown show. Um, I've been getting, the song has been picking up and even getting more um, listening or spins plays uh, overseas, and I've been getting so many inboxes saying, oh my God, we didn't know you had this song, we love you. you, I mean, why don't you come over here, you gotta come over here, you know, so... It's just really cool to have done something and felt like maybe you missed it and then a little time goes by and you realize that it was a good idea and people started, you know, start to recognize and see it and they hear it and you go, oh my gosh, this is Dr. Reggae and it
0: rocks. <laughs> because you just never know who would like your old work nowadays, too. That's
1: right.
0: That's actually um, how I found Defocus. He goes by MRK Socks now, too. But, um... The first record I actually ever, ever heard you on, your name was different, too. Your name was Clara J, if I got my um facts straight, too. You, um and it was actually one of my favorite songs ever, because Slaughterhouse is one of my favorite groups. And when I found out they did a song with you and Ludacris, um, I was wondering who Clara J was. And when I heard your voice, I was like, oh, wow, this lady's no joke.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, Claret J Um, is it, it, the, the name I used when I was writing, um, when I was doing a lot of hip-hop and R&D. And, uh, you know, because, of course, growing up in church and you know, people are, like, tripping, you can't put your name on those songs. Yeah. I'm like... I'll just, I'll, I'll just go ahead and make up an alias, and I'll do this music. So, it, it was great to be able to be a part of that music, um, to sit in the studio with Ludacris. After we did Pierce um, uh, the Dangerous, he actually called our production team and was like, listen, bring her to um, Atlanta, because I need to get as many songs pumped out with her on it, voice <laughs> so dope. Uh, <laughs> We went and we stayed for like two days recording songs. Um, I don't know if any of them ever came out, but we did a lot of music in about two days. And uh, even with uh, a few other songs that didn't, I guess, make it to the final um, record for Dr. Dre, I had maybe like four songs that he was like, dude, this girl is sick, you know. So um, I I got a lot of music out there. It just didn't all
0: come out. (laughs) Well, you never know too. What they may be holding it for five or ten years, or sorry, sorry, five to seven yeah. years, and it may come out. Yeah, that's
1: true. That's true. It happens all the time. So I don't know what's going to come out of that music, but I recorded a lot of songs um, during that time when I was getting all those features um, and stuff. You know, uh, so I, I never, you never know
0: what's going to happen. But it was a great experience. And um. Your voice sounds awfully familiar on "Above the Law" with Royce the Five Nine and Eminem. Um, I'm curious, is that you, Miss Jackson?
1: It is. Oh, it I,
0: is. I knew I was right. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh,
1: so my husband um, produced "Above the Law" with Denali Porter. Um, my husband actually produced about five songs on that record with the non. Um So. It, because I was already there and always with him at the studio, they were like, oh, you got something to this? You got something to that? And I write, sing something. And normally when you're not as known on in the R&B hip-hop side, what they do is they have someone else come in and re-sing what you did. Um, you know, choose, you know, a, a bigger name, say, oh, that, right, this person or that person. I said, on a couple of the songs, I think Robin Sick was supposed to, to redo my vocal. But by the time it got to M, he was like, no keep
0: her voice yeah like, keep her voice on that record I haven't accurate. heard
1: anybody sound like that like I haven't heard anybody like that no keep her we don't want to add nobody so that was a great compliment it was an awesome experience to, to hear Eminem say no I don't want anybody else on this song uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I feel good every time I think about that
0: <laughs> I don't blame you Miss Jackson that's one hell of a stamp too
1: and don't you know <laughs>
0: yeah uh- um, I'm curious too, when, do you listen to a lot of your old work too, or do you kind of not go back and re-listen to your old work because you don't want to get uninspired because you always have to listen to something new to be inspired? Because I, I noticed every artist is different. You know what, I have to listen to it
1: because, you know, with the transition of, of, not really doing as much R and hip hop music and going over into radio. Sometimes people can make you feel like uh, you're you, you're no longer doing so much, or um, you uh, neglected who you could have been, you know. And they they try to make you feel bad. Uh, but what I do is I go back and I listen to that, and I just tell God, thank you, thank you for those opportunities, thank you for those, you know open doors and those ways that he made, because I know that I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have gotten those doors by myself. There's no way I did it on my own. I know, okay, yes, I can sing a little bit. There's people that can sing rings around somebody, somewhere, you know? So I sit down, I listen to that music, and I just stay. God, I thank you for those doors. I thank you for those memories. Um, and if you ever do it again, I'll be just as grateful. You know, and if you don't, I'll never forget what you
0: did to. So <laughs> I definitely listen to everything. Um, but that's that's very inspirational to hear, Miss Jackson. That you're so close with the Lord too. For somebody who. Mm-hmm. Who was baptized before and straight, a, straight away from the Lord a bit. Do you come across a lot of stories like that, miss? And, ask, and a lot of younger people asking you for guidance? Here's the crazy thing. Um, absolutely, yes, I get people asking me for guidance, what
1: to do, um, even... If, if it's okay for them to do those things. Um, and here's what I tell people. A lot of times people think that because I did the music that I possibly shared away from God. Um, but the truth is, I was still going to church every week. I was still uh, ministering uh, some Sundays. I was still preaching sometimes. And even when I uh, would sit in the studio, people, when I came in the studio, you know, and I dealt with the people. If they were smoking, they put their cigarettes out. If they were smoking weed, they put it up. If they were drinking, they would say, "Hey y'all, if y'all don't put no crackers out um, and say a prayer and make this communion, I got to put that up because church girls here." <laughs> <laughs> so, so they knew, you know, because I always, I never changed. Even though I was in those arenas and I went to those events, I get those red carpets. I went to those. um you know, private parties and things. But when I went, they were like, oh, you don't drink anything? You don't smoke anything? You want anything? No, just water. And they couldn't <laughs> believe it. How do you be in this atmosphere and and not drink something? How do you be in this atmosphere and not smoke something? It's like, I wasn't raised that way. Um, and, and it's no offense. So if you want to drink, you want to smoke, go ahead. But I'm going to ask, you know, if I got to sing something to put it out so I don't choke But uh, other than that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> they couldn't believe it. But they grew to respect it, and uh, to this day, you know, when people talk
0: about it, they say, "Oh man, her and her husband—they
1: never changed. They, they never back out." You know,
0: so but that—that but that, good that people now see that. But that just means you and a you and your husband are real and authentic souls out there too, because that's something that the that's world right. needs out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Also, I love uh, music with meaning. Your single, Help Me, was a very standout single, too. And when when I listen to singles like Help Me, too, I, do you do that for somebody wanting help? Or do you kind of do that from somebody else's perspective and you put into into music, Miss Jackson? Um, that, that song was actually
1: from my own perspective. Uh, I was going through a little... You know,
0: we all go through a little... Uh, I would say valleys. Yeah. Where we feel like we
1: want to quit. You know, we, we don't feel like doing this anymore. Uh, it's, things are taking too long to happen for me. Um, that was one of those moments where I wrote that song. I was actually up at church <laughs> and I was saying, I want to open doors. This is long. This is before uh, I wrote this song before I got the opportunity to do Fast Five and all that stuff. So oh, I was wow. feeling like. I've been singing all these things. I've been doing all this stuff, and it seems like nothing will happen for me. You know, I've been singing background for my brother all these years, but I want to be a solo artist. And I was crying, and I was just like, I just want something to happen for me. And I just started saying to God, help me hold on to my yes, because I told you yes. I gave you my life, but it seems like you won't open up doors for me outside of church. And I just started praying, help me hold on to my yes that I gave you. And uh, went home that that night. That when my husband said, "This sounds like it needs to be a song," and I'm sure it's going to help people. And that break came from so, and it does till this day. People call me and say, I, "When I'm going through, and I feel like I want to quit, I try not to help me, and it, and it works every time." So it definitely serves its purpose, and it's very you know, a, real, a very real story for me, you know. And every time I sing it, I end up crying at the end of the song, and it's... It's never good. <laughs> I mean, it sounds
0: good, but I end up crying at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah. well, it, well, if it helps, Miss Jackson, too. Um, I never knew that single was before uh, Fast Five, too. And that single, too, definitely lasted through the test of time. It
1: has. It has, yeah. I mean, it was written before that time, even though I recorded it after. Yeah. You know, so it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, Have you ever tried rapping before, Miss Jackson, because since you were in that environment before?
1: You know, I tried, and I don't know how to do it. I have tried. I told my kids, I need somebody, you know, somebody needs to train me, because I feel like I should be able to. <laughs> 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 it just doesn't come out right. It just sounds really old, like, really, really bad. I don't know. It, it sounds like 80s rap
0: (laughs) it's not good at all hey 80s rap wasn't that bad i mean but i mean it's
1: 2019 i can't rap like that no um i i tried and they were like mom it it
0: doesn't sound good don't do it (laughs) so i don't do it um do you talk to your children a lot about your work that you've done in in your career miss jackson
1: I do because uh, I brought them along with me the whole way. Um, If you talk to anybody that was around when I was doing them and stuff and all that, they would know that my kids were in the waiting room. Uh, I homeschooled my kids from the time they were old enough, so three and up. Um, So uh, I always had a school room set up at the studio. We would do 12, 18 hour days, you know, in the studio to come up with songs. And they knew, and even the people that were hanging around, they would show up like, we brought juice boxes, we brought candy, we brought snacks, You know your kids are here. <laughs> you know? Because I, I had that back room set up at the studio. With their, they had a chalkboard, I was on break, so I'd go in there and keep them, you know, uh, <laughs> feed them, and then go back into the studio. Gave them the TV, some video games, and here we go. <laughs> They've been with me this.
0: Oh, that's good to hear that you're so family oriented, Ms. Jackson. That's very inspirational to hear. Yes,
1: sir.
0: Um, for somebody, um, he's, I'm actually working closely with him now. Um, he went by Defocus when you met him. Um, he goes by MRK Socks now, too. Uh, I'm curious, how did you um, end up working with Defocus, Ms. Jackson? Oh, sorry, MRK Socks. That's what he went by before.
1: Exactly on how we met, other than it could have been on Facebook. I'm trying to remember how we met. I know that he emailed me for try I remember that and asked me to write to them. And I wrote to them and sang them back. And next thing I know, it was a revolving back and forth phone calls, text emails, and I was always doing phones. Uh, and we had a great time making music back and forth together. Uh, it was a cool experience. And I tried to keep in touch, but I guess the name changes, but <laughs> yeah. like, I don't have his information anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, we, th- that was a cool experience, too, because I think we met online. I can't remember if we met in person. In per- we met online. You know what? It could have been through, I'm going to tell you. I think it was through Sabrina from uh, the Denon Porter camp, I think. But
0: oh, okay. Don't, don't Okay, um, because to, um, I'll tell you a little bit of an inspirational story, and this is how I knew God was real. Um, I always knew God was real, but, like, I never seen him do any work in my life until last year, um, so you're well aware of Crooked Eye. Um, Crooked Eye was my season one finale guest, and my seventh guest for, uh, season one, He's in my top five, and I listen to everything he does. And he collaborated with this talented uh, producer, rapper, singer, he does it all, MRK Socks. And when I reached out for an interview with him, I never found out about Defocus until years years after. And then During during January, he asked me to be a part of his dad feeling podcast network for... for, So, this is how I knew the Lord was real. For me to be able to find an artist and interview and have him ask me to be a part of his movement, that's God's work Mm -hmm. right there. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I also... I'm very big on spirituality, too, because I lost a lot of people last year, like my grandma, my old best friend, and they always knew I wanted to do something with music, but... I didn't have the voice for it, and since, like, my podcast started, I interviewed a lot of people, but I could have do it alone, and that's how I know God's real. Um, I'm curious, Ms. Jackson, yes. do you have a favorite Bible quote? Mm, yeah.
1: Um, right now, I, I, you know, blue Flying moments is kind of the, the sign because of who I am. I do the blue hair and the blue fire Simply because, one, Psalms 100 and and verse 4 says, He who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flaming fire. Um, And and that resonates with me because um, I had an experience, a supernatural experience, where I felt heat in my throat. And when I opened my eyes, I could see this blue flame coming out. And I could hear a voice telling me, that my purpose and mission in life is to use my voice to change people's lives. And I always thought that that meant that it was just through music. But in this last year, it's been now, you know, as a Destiny coach now, and doing radio, and I'm able to help independent artists get their music on the air at BDS stations, so it helps them, you know, to chart on, on Billboard. And so my voice is is being used in so many different ways and facts of course preaching. So I understand now. So that's why that scripture makes so much uh mean so much to me because it's like God makes his ministers a flaming fire and I'm one of those that he chose to bring his blue flame, which fire at its hottest degree is not a red flame, it's a blue flame. So I, I think that's great. And that's the scripture that to me because of that.
0: Wow. Um, I never knew that. That's very, like you said, that's a very inspirational thing to share it too. Um, with Blue Flame Radio, um, you promote a lot of gospel uh, gospel artists up there? Or is it any kind of artist up there, Miss? Because, um, I noticed that you do that a lot too. Well, um, it's the majority gospel because I'm on majority gospel stations. But I do,
1: um, inspirational music sometimes, so I have uh, interviewed People I interviewed Peebo and I interviewed Marian Meadows, uh, which is a jazz musician. Um, of course, People Bryson, he's r and and he had a great conversation just about life and, and love, you know, and uh, <laughs> anyone who has a good message, I think this week, or oh, I'm sorry, in two weeks, I'll be playing an interview I just did with um, a young man who's an author, and he's been in the industry 40 years, oh, wow. but he was in R&B and hip-hop. So um, his, his story, which is uh, Mr. Paul Porter, and he, he, you know, was in R&B and hip-hop. He told it's like a tell-all kind of book. You know, so it's not a gospel uh, uh, product
0: that oh, Okay, he's
1: putting out, but he has a, a very solid story to help people, to bring people into the knowledge of what really happens to what goes on in the music industry, um, kind of give you a peek behind the curtain. So I interview people who have good content, but I just don't do anything that will be offensive to the doctor.
0: Yeah, because you don't want to affiliate your brand, if anything, that would damage it. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's so. So you would so because you said he's Arthur. So it's all walks of life. Um, on um Blue Flame, as long as it's positivity, of course. That's right.
1: And whoever is using their voice to make a difference, using that fire in them to to shine light in the world, to bring people into some wisdom, some knowledge, some passion. Uh, ignite people's passion and. I always bring everything back to God because I know that's where it comes from, that God is our creator. So I start with the scripture, whether somebody is a believer or not, and I always try to take whatever their story is and find a scripture that matches who they are. And it kind of helps them, if they're not a believer, to look at themselves in that scripture and go, whoa, well, maybe I ought to look at this thing called God. You know, that's just a part of who I am and what I do. So it's my brand and it's my job. You know, I take it as my mission. And uh, I haven't had anyone
0: offended yet, so I keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you keep going, Miss, because um, I, I want to tell you, too, you said that you use your voice to help people, too. When I listen to your old tracks as Claire J, or even your track of Defocus, Yes, on his album, uh, title goes here, your voice always makes me like feel happy and make me forget about my problems when I listen to like Above the Law or those kind of songs. So I just wanted to say... You're definitely doing a good job, Miss Jackson. Oh,
1: I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Anytime. Um, so I don't want to take up most of your time, Miss Jackson. Um, this is the last question I ask all my guests, too. And for you being the first female guest, I would love to hear your perspective on this question. Okay. Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I would tell you is don't ever feel alone in your dark place. Um, I know that I've been a person that has been in dark places. And as a female, it's easier to be more emotional, to be caught in a dark place, to feel overwhelmed in a dark place. Um, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with um, frustration. I lost. Uh, I had two children to die. So I know I've been in very tumultuous and overwhelming situations. Um, you know, I was born premature to uh, only had a 50% chance to live. Uh, I had um, all these diagnoses. I'll never walk. I'll never speak above a whisper. You know, doctors diagnosing things and telling you that you're not going to be able to do things. But what I found and what I know is that it was God that brought me out of that dark place. So a lot of times people say there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a silver lining in life. I'm going to tell you there's a God that shines light on a dark world. No matter where you are, no matter how deep you feel in a hole, no matter how dark your days are, there's a God that cares about you. And what he did at the beginning, when he created the world. He said, let there be light. And there was light. That light has not gone away. You just have to open up your eyes and see that that light is inside of you. And all you have to do is let it out.
0: That's a that's a very great answer. That I don't think anyone ever said that before, and that's why I like asking that question because everybody has a, their own unique answer to that, that question. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Um. Well, Miss Jackson, um, I'm gonna definitely we read the Bible this weekend too because after having a conversation with you, you definitely inspired me to go back and reread it.
1: Take your time. It's a lot of books, about 56 books, and it could take up to a year. So, you know, take your time. Read a chapter or two. (laughs) And you can definitely reach out to me with any questions you have. That's what I do, um, actually, in school for my Master's in Biblical Studies. Um, And and I'll be going back after I graduate in August for my doctorate in Biblical Studies. And uh, I'll actually be receiving an honorary doctorate in Sacred Music. Uh, because of my years in gospel music so, uh, in August. So I'm excited. So I'm here. So, you know, you can always call this number and say, Hey, it's me. i uh, got a question about the war? <laughs> Text this number and tell me what you think, and uh, I'll go back. I'll chat with you and give you as much as I can.
0: I appreciate that, Ms. Jackson. Um, Before I let you go, Ms. Jackson, I want to say thank you very much for doing this interview. And is there anything that you would like the people to know before I let you go, Ms. Jackson? Anything that you would like to let them know what to check out, like Blue Flame Radio, where they can find out? Absolutely. Um, If you're
1: an app person, you can go on... Any of your Google uh, Google Play Store, uh, Apple Store, you can go into, I think it's Amazon, and download Blue Flame Moments. uh, And that radio show app is available. Um, It's, you know, weekly being updated. It's brand new, so it might not have everything in it, but it's definitely available. You can go back and listen to some past shows. And I try to keep it updated, um, but I'm still learning how to work this thing. So, (laughs) if it's a little behind... Forgive me, you can always uh, follow me at um, the Blue Flame Live on Facebook and Blue Flame Live on Instagram. Uh, my music page is Clarita Music, uh, C-O-A-R-E-T-A Music on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, ClaritaMusic.com And lastly, I have the Tune Doctor Academy, which is my um, Destiny Coaching Online Academy where I train, teach creatives. Um, I do personal coaching for Destiny and, you know, anything you want to do. If you have questions about it, you want to feel like you can speak to someone who can talk to God about it and get another perspective for you, go ahead and set up a Destiny coaching call for me. It's free for 15 minutes, and we can pray about your future, see what the Lord says. If he speaks, I'll give you what I hear. Uh, That's my job. So It's all there right there at the soondoctoracademy.com.
0: Well, um, like you said, Miss Jackson, I'll when I air this interview as well, I'll definitely throw up the links as well to all of your Blue Flame Radio and your Destiny Academy as well. Hi, thank you
1: so much. I
0: appreciate that. No worries, Miss Jackson. And with that being said, this is the very first female guest to appear on From the Desk of Low, Miss Claretta Haddison Jackson. Um, Low wants to thank you personally once again. I, I say thank you a lot, though, but I'm just very grateful for that, Miss Jackson.
1: No problem at all. I appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you, and it was good, so all is well.